0: Undergrad was at Queen's University in Belfast um, in music technology, so it was uh, focusing on audio engineering generally. So that's where I developed an interest in like audio production, music production tools okay. as a user okay. to record and mix music. So that, that's where it started. Um, and I always and I was always a guitar player, uh, and I loved to do both. And I was like, how can I do both at the same time? So how can I make tools so that I can use when I'm performing?
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to season two of ThinkBox Radio, stories from America's coolest college innovation center. I'm Robert Smith, the host of the podcast, and our producer is Lillian Messner. ThinkBox Radio went to CES 2020, where CWRU again had the largest collegiate presence. Join us as we share some of the energy and innovation that brings the world and case to the Consumer Electronics Show. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Smith and another episode of ThinkBox Radio. We're coming to you from CES 2020, and our guest right now is Ricky Graham. I should call him Dr. Ricky Graham. He is a program director at Sears ThinkBox, and he has a Ph.D., In music technology. That is correct, yeah. And he's about to explain to us what that means. That's a good question. You're my Uh, first professor of music technology we've ever had on the show and have ever met.
0: (laughs) Uh, Music technology looks to explore the intersection between uh, essentially audio engineering and uh, more traditional components of music. Um, So, my focus. as a music technologist has always been um, the intersection between music performance, conventional instruments and developing or extending those instruments using like audio processing technology. Okay. Um, so like music software, bespoke music software okay. uh, for like processing of instruments. Okay. And then uh, how sensors can be used to extend the functionality of a conventional design. So okay. that's a little bit about you know my specialization in the field, but music technology as a field is pretty large. It extends and every single university campus pretty much in the United States in Europe, and Europe and in Asia as well. Okay. Uh, it's becoming a, a pretty, pretty well-known uh, field generally. and uh, okay. it, It's a really nice incubator for artists and engineers to get together and uh, create cross-disciplinary uh, okay. projects.
1: so quite a specialization and yeah. um, to let our listeners know who you are, Ricky, tell them what you do for ThinkBox.
0: So at ThinkBox right now, I'm on the outreach team. I work with Tiffany McMahon, and Doug uh, to, at Lamo, and we work together to to bring in um, uh, programming uh, for for uh, uh, Thinkbox, so educational programming for the community at large. For those who aren't familiar with Thinkbox, uh, it's a seven-story makerspace. It's uh, open to Case uh, students, but then also uh, the community at large. So Cleveland's uh, pu- the general public can come in and use this space uh, regularly. So my job is to bring in. Um, uh, to create programming uh, for the community uh, to help them get acquainted with our um, makerspace. So, the tools on our third and fourth floors, for example, uh, those courses are free to attend and to you. Uh, throughout the week. Uh, t- typically on a Tuesday and a Thursday, okay. they can come in and uh, learn how to 3D print something, whatever it might be. Okay. And we have some uh, more specialized uh, courses as That's well. That's a good
1: point, a lot of yeah. people don't know that. ThinkBox, yeah. the largest makerspace on an American college campus, yeah. is open to the public.
0: It is indeed, yeah, and it's uh, free to come and use, you just need to pay for materials. Um, we're open 12 to 7 p.m., uh, those are our open hours for the public, and uh, yeah, yeah, come come find us uh, on campus uh, off of uh, Cedar Avenue. Uh, Hopefully people will okay yeah, sure, Absolutely.
1: so we're here in the case hub at ces and um, it's an exhibition of about 10 to 12 innovation teams and ricky's got a corner presentation here it's a big widescreen tv he calls it a motion capture simulator i'm going to let him explain what that is and also the product you are advertising sure, here. yeah
0: um so i, I left academia and, and, and started a company called delta sound labs um, and we are a music technology company and we make um, uh, hardware and software products for artists and musicians uh, music producers um, those those tools are readily available, they're actually already on market we've, we've brought a number of products to market um, and they're typically geared towards like sound modification so like audio effects processing uh, for example you can modify the sound of like a vocal or a drum kit or a guitar or something okay. like that, it's geared towards live it performance It was
1: explained to me that what you make is maybe could be called Photoshop for music. Is that right? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. it, 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 there are certain certain parallels there for sure. Um, what we have at CES is kind of fun. It kind of ties in um, a visual processing component where we are. We developed a, a small motion capture uh, software that uh, takes. Uh, basically, we're using an infrared camera to detect motion um, in the space. So as people are walking past our booth, they disrupt what they're seeing on screen as a fluid simulator. Okay, uh, and it also. Also changes the music? In it some does. Way? So basically, what we're doing is we're taking uh, the pixel data from each quadrant, we're uh, taking the mean of that data, and we're using it as a control uh, data stream uh, that we can then map to control any musical process. So we're using it to control our software product stream, which is a granular sampler, again, a sound, s- sound modification tool. Okay. Um, so, in the same way, like you said with Photoshop, like, uh, you, you might modify an image, yes. uh, you can use our software to modify sound. Uh, for compositional gain. So like if you're a composer, you might use our software to generate materials to make music. Um, uh, If you're a sound designer, you might use our software to create sound effects for film, that kind of thing.
1: All right, so that's the kind of stuff he does. All right, you get that, folks? We're going to pause for a moment here for a word from our sponsor, the Case Alumni Association.
0: ThinkBox Radio is brought to you by the CASE Alumni Association, which represents the engineering, science, and math graduates of CASE Western Reserve University. We're the oldest independent alumni association of engineering and applied science graduates in America. Have you heard of us? If not, you've heard of our graduates. CASE grads include Nobel Prize winning scientist Paul Lauterbur, the inventor of the MRI, Craig Newmark, the founder of Craigslist, Andrew Witte, the creator of the SmartWatch, and Julia Louise Gerberding, the first woman to lead the Center for Disease Control. At CASE, we're proud of our spirit of discovery and innovation, which is why we support ThinkBox, the world-class innovation center at the CASE School of Engineering.
1: They have, I believe, your first product here today.
0: Uh, we have our first software product, yeah. And explain that to everybody. So Stream is a granular sampler. It's geared towards, uh, li- like, like I said, d- live performers and sound designers, um, and also game audio developers. So the idea is that you can feed any kind of audio source into it. it could be a live instrument, it could be a pre-recorded audio recording. It could be this, for example. We could feed it into Stream, and basically what it does is that it allows you to take a very small, simple sound to create a complex texture out of Interesting. So it's like a sound modification tool. OK.
1: Yeah. So, Ricky, where did you get into these music production tools? I know you play the guitar.
0: I'm a big guitar player of 20-plus years, yeah.
1: All right, the electric guitar. Electric guitar I'm primarily, yeah. that
0: has something to do with this. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, so my, my back, it's probably the easiest way to talk about this is my uh, educational trajectory over the past like, yeah. 15 years. Okay. Um, my undergrad was at Queen's University in Belfast um, in music technology, so it was uh, focusing on audio engineering generally so that's where I developed an interest in like audio production music production tools okay. as a user okay to record and mix music so that's where it started um, and I always and I was always a guitar player uh, and I love to do both. And I was like, how can I do both at the same time? So how can I make tools that I can use when I'm performing, for example? And that's uh, my master's. Then was in straight music performance, so I honed my guitar playing skills at that point. And then my PhD combined the two. So my PhD was like, how can I take uh, the sophisticated tools that you get in a music studio, like a recording studio, and how do I use those in live performance? Excellent. How do I make that interactive? How do I continue to play my instrument and not get distracted by a laptop con- like concurrently? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Uh, uh, you know that, that allowed me to delve into the world of like machine learning and listening, where you're uh, measuring like the pitch of a guitar or the envelope of a guitar, taking data from different data sources and using it for sound manipulation in real time. So that was the focus of my PhD. Wow! So you take music well beyond just the sound. Uh, you're into you the know, science. It, of- it, it crosses over a lot with uh, computer science. Like a lot of uh, like the software writing is um, you know is pretty sophisticated stuff. Do you do that yourself? Uh, I'm self-taught. Uh, I've Fortunately, I have a business partner who is a computer, uh, and electrical engineer. Uh, we all need one of those, apart. yeah. Uh, so I've learned a ton from Ed, and he's probably learned very little from me. But uh, all right. he, yeah. I, but yeah, I can I can code. <laughs> good for
1: you. Yeah. So how do you see technology changing music and music production? So really, have we seen all we're going to see, or is it just starting? Oh, no,
0: I, I think it'll it's exponential. I mean, I, I think it'll continue to evolve. Um, uh, this time last year, three D audio was a big thing. Um, that's something that we're actually really interested in as well. The idea of like uh, developing tools for um, multiple loudspeaker playback. So, you I mean, you go to a cinema or a, a movie theater, and you have a lot of loudspeakers surrounding you, and have yeah. the, the ability to intimately control where sound is placed in a space is a hot topic in music technology oh right my. now. You see that and I, again at CES, you would see that a lot as well. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, especially in the game audio community. Uh, A lot of consumer audio products are kind of geared towards this idea of like immersive audio and that kind of thing. And that's kind of like one of the more um, uh, areas, that's that's one of the areas in music technology where there's a lot of innovation happening right now. Fascinating. Yeah.
1: So I know this is your first time at CES?
0: As an exhibitor, yeah.
1: And you, of course, are are helping a lot of students back on campus with their innovations. Absolutely. How do you think CES can be of
0: value to them? I think CES is just a wonderful place to discover like what's current and what's going on across engineering, uh, computer science. Uh, There are a lot of really wonderful products that tie in directly with a lot of uh, uh, majors and disciplines at Case Western. um, and then, as far as Thinkbox is concerned, I, you know, we just launched a software maker makerspace uh, called uh, Advanced Interfaces, and uh, Advanced Interfaces looks to basically be our answer to software engineers, uh, you know, interested in making. So, you can come in uh, very similarly to the maker, the prototyping floor at Thinkbox. You can come in to our Advanced Interfaces spaces with an idea for, like, say, a mobile application, a software application, and our, our students, which are a mix of computer science students and physics students can help you get started. They can, you know, give you a software template. They can help you start to develop your own piece of software. Um, and I think a lot of projects that come out of there, I think, would be perfect at CES. I would love to see more students here exhibiting their projects from their majors, essentially. Okay. I, think, I think not only is it a good place to learn about what's current uh, related to their disciplines, but it's also a really wonderful platform to exhibit and show what they're doing at CASE. Because you know, I've seen so many wonderful, innovative project projects Act CASE, especially in the VR, AR uh, space that can be exhibited here at CES.
1: And we have some of them here, and hopefully yeah. you'll be sending more of them to CES oh, in I hope years it continues. Ahead.
0: Yeah, it's just a really good place for them to showcase their talents. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks a
1: lot. So that's, we have Professor Ricky Graham of Delta Sound Labs, and this is Robert Smith with ThinkBox Radio coming to you from CES 2020. And that concludes another episode of ThinkBox Radio, stories from America's coolest college innovation center and from Las Vegas. I'm Robert Smith, your host. Our producer is Lily Messner. Thanks. And remember, our motto at Case Western Reserve is think beyond the possible.